Clay, which is the better council, the Jedi Council or the Zindi Council? Um, well, uh, <clears throat> the Zindi Council seems to be relatively proactive and open to discussion and, and debate. Jedi Council seems to just kind of suck and just talk about the stuff they can't do mm-hmm. and then ultimately end up ruining the the galaxy. So They have I, better chairs. I'm probably going to have to go... Yeah, they do have. Oh, yeah, those really comfortable looking, like like bean, space space yeah, bean bag kind of bean bag chairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you know, something you can really sink your yaddle into. Yeah, it's um pretty representative of the the failure of the Jedi, where they became too comfortable and they had plush seats to Literally, sit on. They know. they did not see wearing those coming robes, from. nice flowing the, robes. Did you ever think it was weird that the, the the clothes that Obi-Wan wore while in hiding on Tatooine turned out to be just what Jedi's wear. Yeah. Then. <laughs> like that's the thing that everybody knows. I, I'm not the first person to point that out, but I've always thought that was kind of funny where it's just like, oh yeah, that's just what they look like. He should have been easy to spot. Yeah. It's like a Kung Fu Gi outfit or something. It's like, that is, that is a man who yeah. does karate yeah. right there. But no, I guess they, they just to tie everything together, you got to go back and you got to make everyone wear the same white lo- robes. And uh, we're going to tie things together with the council here where we meet the Zindi and we learn all about the Zindi in this episode. So let's take a break. We'll take a uh, or play a clip from the episode and then we'll come back and we'll break down the council. The sphere builders have lied to the Zindi. They've manipulated us for decades. I see that. Perhaps the Arboreals will, but the others. We have the evidence to back it up. The evidence may not be enough. The Sphere Builders saved the Zindi from extinction. When our homeworld was destroyed, they began appearing to the survivors. They'd guide them to habitable planets, show them the location of valuable resources. They're practically worshipped. We call them the Guardians. So this is The Council. It's the 22nd episode of the third season of Star Trek Enterprise. It came out on May 12th, 2004. 23 of 28 in the Zindi Crisis arc, written by Manny Cotto, directed by David Livingston. In-universe date is February 12th, 2154. In this episode, Archer confronts the Zindi Council. That's the blurb. I thought it was a mistake. I thought it was on the wrong website, Mm -hmm. but it's just that five-word summation. Archer confronts the Zindi Council. You know, I was surprised in that opening that we did that you went with the who's better, the Zindi Council or the Jedi Council, and not the Zindi Council or the Council of Twelve. What, what was the thing from Picard the conclave. about the Romulans? Conclave, conclave, the conclave, of conclave, conclave of eight. Conclave eight. of eight. Yeah. Excuse me. How could I forget the Conclave of eight? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> if it had a council in the word, I would have used it. Um, yeah, it didn't. Unfortunately, it. it's Conclave and Conclave. Here we are with the Guardians of the Universe in this one. The, uh, the Sphere Builders are called the Guardians. We'll get into that, though, a little bit a little bit all over the place. This is the Council Archer made it to them. He's going to talk to them. We're going to have a B-plot. We're going to have some death. We're going to have some You got a big chases. robot arm. You got a big robot arm, which is very video game-like in that it defends its weak spot with its arms until it opens up to attack you, and then you shoot it in the eye, and yep. that's how you defeat that, yeah. that robot arm. You got to um, wait till it blinks three times and then yeah, you shoot it. Yeah, it's a, a butt stomp it with Mario or something. Um, yeah, so the council. We made it to the council. The first thing that's, well, 
I get this this episode was a fine episode, I think. It was okay. I mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I think I think I'm sort of down the middle with it. I think that it executed what it needed to do pretty well. Uh I think my main takeaway from this one is I've been rereading the um oral history book of Star Trek and I was rereading the Enterprise section. Um, and I was just because I wanted to refresh myself. I haven't read it since we started the series about what they were saying about the Zindi arc in that one. And mm-hmm. the general takeaway from the oral history is that the writers are like, we didn't really have a plan. Uh, Brandon had a few things that he wanted to put in and he would sprinkle them into people's scripts every once in a while. And then we got to the end and that's when things started to get all put together. Uh, but we didn't really have a plan. He didn't tell us his plan as to what he thought was going to happen. So we were kind of flying in the dark as to what was going on. I think that the council is an okay episode that um, makes me, I, I think that if you, I, my impression of the council is if you want, if you talk to someone who had never watched Star Trek before, I think the council is what they would have in their mind's eye as what Star Trek is in a lot of ways. It's like a okay. a fairly um a fairly unnuanced sci-fi action series. And mm-hmm. I, I think it has like a popular popular pop culture conception thing of what the show would generally be considered to be with a lot of sort of like aliens acting and speeches and defense and things like that and not particularly and i think that like i'm i'm judging what the general population thinks about star trek but not particularly well written not not something that you're going to be like well this is kind of thoughtful it's more just like this is what's happening and this is what it's going to be the council is i think this the show this series trying to rescue its season-long arc in about 45 episodes 45 minutes to explain what has happened to this point and they're going to give it to you yes right here yeah right now and i think that it's just in in the way that it does that it just makes me feel like it's a a strange fly in the wall view of what a star trek episode is and that's how i felt while i was watching it but what about you yeah i i would i would disagree only because i, I disagree is not the right word but this is actually closer to like the kind of episode, the kind of thing I thought Deep Space Nine was actually, where it's mm-hmm. just like diplomacy and people standing around and make up talking to each other. Sure. When I think of Star Trek, I, I think of a little bit more adventurous than this, um, or at least a little bit more Star Trekking than just you know lobbying. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's yeah, it's it's fine. It's uh, there's a lot of lot of exposition in this, and it's well, a lot of like. Let me he- before you before you go on. Let me let me hedge what you were saying there. So, I understand it's like the DS Nine. I would say that this is this episode is a popular conception of what DS Nine would do. But I think that DS Nine is a better sure. show, and DS 9s oh, yeah. writing yeah. is better to the point where, if you're unfamiliar with DS Nine and Star Trek in particular, you might just sort of think it's this kind of a sci-fi show. Yeah, like I'm, I'm having a hard sure. time explaining okay. it, but like a, I, I would classify it as like a sci-fi channel sci-fi show. You know, it's like it's all there for you, but you're not. It's not blowing sure, your socks yeah. off, really. There's nothing. There's nothing particularly insightful about it or anything like that. That that's kind of what I was going at with the uh, the opening salvo there. It's like what I assume the Stargate show is like, which I've right. never watched. Yes, yeah, 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 
yeah, it's 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 okay. It they are they are definitely filling every single hole they can find right now as far as like who the Zindi are, what they're about, what their backstory is, stuff that they haven't done up to this point. They're just doing, you know, sit, Archer, take a seat. This is going to take a minute, and then they go through and they do their whole hit the history of the entire people or whatever, and then they they the opening with the the sphere people I thought was hilarious. It was just. You know, standing in the white room, I was waiting for the prophets to come out and Cisco to be like, "Hey, I'm sorry, but we uh, we actually booked this room for for this time." <laughs> it's the awkward corporate. Are you guys gonna have uh, the the? We have the room at eleven thirty. Are you guys you guys done in, in here? What's what's yeah. going on? The the, the things. You know, this guy's gonna be here for the the whole hour, or I but mean, yeah, the, sphere, um, the sphere builders are they're ripping off the founders, right? Like it's. It's way too similar. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Like Founders slash profits, thing, I guess. Yeah, the thing that just keeps bugging me about this, and I mean, I, I'm watching this episode and I'm trying to... I'm trying to get this out of my mind because, like, I think it's unfair, and I'm sure I've done this, so I know I'm being hypocritical. I think it's unfair to watch something and just trash it because it's not what you thought it was going to be or think you think that it should be sort of you know what i mean like it, yeah yeah the I, criticism I, I, of rewriting I'm, the episodes that we sometimes get which is that i would argue that yeah. our, our idea of rewriting the episode is to sort of highlight a flaw that we see and it's not the, to right. spend the podcast yeah. going like i would have gone down road b or whatever yeah yeah and the thing that's that's catching me with this one that i keep trying to turn off is just the fact that like i can't I really don't like that all of this season comes down to who has more convincing knowledge about the future. Yeah. It's, you know, like it. that's the back and forth of this whole episode is Archer being like, here's some stuff I know about the future. And then the founders are like, well, you haven't seen the stuff we have from the future and yeah. we've never steered you wrong yet when we've all the future stuff we've told you in the past. And then he's like, wait a minute. I think I have more convincing information about the future than i thought i did build me a body <laughs> and you know it, yeah. it, it's just like there's no good uh, um there's no good evidence that can be presented in this because everything is dependent on time travel yeah is the reason why every Archer single knows time everything. every single time someone in one of those scenes goes says what the audience is thinking which is how do we know you're not just fabricating this evidence great question <laughs> unfortunately unfortunately it like breaks the suspension of disbelief a, a bit yeah because it's like you're really you're really drawing attention to the fact that this is like the slimmest of slim bullshit he, that they're hanging all of this stuff on and degra has a a defense line where archer when archer brings on that little uh sphere builder test tube thing that the guy was in mm -hmm. and he beams it down and they're looking at it they go how how do you how can we know you didn't just build this? And Degra goes, right. The humans yeah. can't build this. It's like what the fuck? Like are they, <laughs> that's, that's the best you've got. Like it's just they that, haven't the tools. It's just the yeah, humans. It was such a weak defense. Every it, it's a huge problem with it because it's so tied to the temporal Cold War stuff. Like the the way that this yeah. series was kicked, the season was kicked off was through time travel. Someone from the future came back and told Archer that something was going to happen. The Zindi mm -hmm. launched a weirdly uh, provocative test attack on the planet they were planning to attack, which caused them the ability mm -hmm. to go off and defend against it. Time travel tells them they can do it. 
He goes into the future to realize that the Zindi aren't all that bad and then comes back and says that the Sphere Builders are the ones who are going to be uh, the enemies going here. And there's no there's no substantive argument because the two sides don't disagree on anything. They just don't disagree. Right. They just yeah. don't know what the truth the is. The only thing... Yeah, the only thing they disagree on is what version of the future is the truth. And that's, right. <laughs> that's and they, kinda, they didn't... Like, I wish they... Go ahead. The, the Zindi didn't go into the future because the Zindi have all these weird lines of like, the Sphere Builders showed us a videotape where that didn't happen. And it's, Archie yeah. should just flip the table and go, <laughs> how do you know they didn't just fabricate that tape? Because it's like they're both right. arguing the yeah. same thing here. So really, like, if you... This is like an algebra problem well, or something Degra, where if you if you cancel out the variables, Archer should just look at them and go, do we even have a problem? <laughs> like, well, now that right, we've canceled yeah. out everything that no one knows, we're just looking at each other going, well, what the hell's going on? Yeah, Degra, Degra tries to hedge that or, or fix that stuff a little bit by t- saying basically that they revere the, the sphere builders as gods. Yeah. But founders. I guess at that point, at that point, they don't know that the sphere builders and the guardians are the same people, right? They don't. Because that, that that becomes a, a, a bit later on where yeah. they realize that they're the same. So, okay, so they they revere the, the... The sphere builders. They're not revering... Yeah, they revere the sphere builders, but not the actual aliens. Not the aliens that are they're the talking future, right? to and that they call the guardians. They don't right, know that they're right. the same people. Yeah. Yeah. So you get a little bit... I mean, I guess my point doesn't actually... It, it doesn't. No, I'm sorry. Did I get that wrong? They revere, they revere the guardians as gods because the guardians came and showed them how to get to new planets when the Zindi homeworld was destroyed. So they revere the aliens and the sphere builders. Okay, they do. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's how it is. Okay. Well, if that's the case, that that gives you a little bit of wiggle room for believability because, like, they are they have hundreds of years or whatever of dealing with these guardians and having getting support and knowledge from them uh versus archer just showing up and no but do they because videotape that 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 zindi at the start of the season who told them to go when did the zindi homeworld blow up recently right like not too long ago i don't it had the zindi the zindi homeworld blew up i thought that was yeah, that's what caused them all to scatter to the the winds of the space, uh, and they're trying okay. to reassemble themselves. So, but remember mm-hmm. that that Zindi in the Zindi episode gave them the coordinates, and when they got there at the end of the episode, it was that destroyed planet, and they were like, "Why did this guy send us here?" Right. That's right. the Zindi homeworld. But did that guy not realize that the homeworld had been blown up because he had left it so recently? So he actually sent them there. Or did he, I don't know. I guess my question no is, I, we don't know, we actually don't know, I don't think, that it's been hundreds of years of being guided by these guys, because I don't think they have a timeline for that, except unless I, unless if they've told us when the homeworld blew up, because that's the first contact between the Zindi and the uh, Guardians. Yeah, I, I'm even if they don't say it, I'm willing to assume it's something like that, just based on the fact that they treat them like gods and stuff. Sure. And, you know, they yep. and basically my point is, there, there is some discussion that there is a history of the Guardians helping the Zindi in a way that doesn't involve time travel. Um, right. So they, it, they are more, it makes more sense that they would believe the Guardians over freewheeling Archer showing up and being like, you know, kill your gods. You, you well, know? you know how you make um, that effective? You have scenes that display this relationship 
through the entire season. Right. To get Which to this they don't point. do. They don't all. do that. No, they don't do it. They just say it. They just say it in this one. It's like, oh, okay. Well, Degra has um, mentioned them before, and this is the first episode where he goes, yeah, we treat them actually like gods. It's not just like they're just random like, oh, aliens that we okay. talk to. It's a totally different. I just, I, I continue to think that a big problem with this season was the fact that we got very little imp- uh, scenes of substance of the Zindi. You know, like, mm-hmm. we, I don't think you would have lost anything by having opening scenes showing the Zindi talking to these sphere builder aliens before you even realize that they're the, right. sp- the sphere builders right. like, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Just to have a... Like, when the founders were introduced, we had a couple episodes of them talking about them before we saw them, you know, and it was like right, there's a, yeah. that the other aliens treat them as gods and things like that, and that they're, they're vital yeah. sort of cogs in this whole dominion thing. But here it's just thrown in. It's really a furious retcon to try to fix everything that you should know about the Zindi. Like, there's no... The the Degra explaining all the Zindi members to me felt like when you're creating a character in like an Elder Scrolls game and they give you one line about the species, yeah. they're like, these guys craft potions, but they're weak against ice magic. It's like, okay, I don't <laughs> want to be that character. I was... I was thinking of like uh, like Ocean's Eleven or something because they kept like anytime you brought one up they do like a freeze frame on the guy's <laughs> face and it's like the Arboreans they're really good with locks and getting into places that you're not supposed to get into they're crucial to your team it's like okay <laughs> don't leave your wife yeah. around these guys yeah that 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 is what it was and <laughs> but I mean like imagine if because what he's spelling out there is why the council, the Zindi council has such a hard time getting along. I really don't understand why you couldn't have done this throughout the season to demonstrate that these are the traits of these species without Degra just explaining it to you. And it would have, in in some senses, I think it would have been actually helpful because it would have showed why they're so slow at launching the weapon because they don't agree on anything. Mm -hmm. They're like totally dysfunctional in how they're supposed to be getting along. And, I think it only would have helped to have learned these things about these guys. And it gives you a better sense of like why the reptilians are this way, why the bug guys are this way to learn anything about the, the swimming guys, which is, which is interesting. You know, it's just, I, I almost wonder why include it this late. We learn a lot about um, how sensitive they are to the volume of people's voices. Yeah. Which is important. Don't talk too loud. Yeah. Just don't, don't mumble, but yeah, not, not too loud. You know, it's it's one of those things, too, where it's like um, I found I, I, I'm, I've never been convinced that you couldn't shut this council down by giving it. Basically, watching this episode, having Archer show up and you get two members of the council being like, you know, at the very least, maybe we don't launch this thing right away. That just seems like a practical thing to conclusion to come to, you know. Like, it, if you're looking at the span of the 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 timeline here, they got 400 years before the humans come and blow them up, right? They they sure. know this, like the at least that's what the guardians told them. So it's like let's take a couple days to cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's, and <laughs> you, and and you know, like I I don't see why delaying the launch would be an issue um, because I, I'm not, I've never been super, super convinced that there's an urgency on their part that they need to do it now. 
because right. the council is so like kind of disparate and not really you know whatever yeah um and the other thing <clears throat> i really wish they would they got to stop showing daniels in these in these opening things because like uh, going back to the time travel problem as soon as you bring archer to the future and be like yep this is what's going to happen you need to convince them that this is going to happen you've already blown up the i like the doc brown idea of the space time continuum and not telling people about stuff so why doesn't daniel's just fucking show up yeah or like bring a zindi guy to spirit away a zindi guy to the 28th or 35th century or whatever it yeah. is yeah um it's just it's like <clears throat> it's such a big when when the entire thing is coming down to i need to convince these people or this society of you know weird alien people that time travel exists and i have proof from the future if that's like the whole thing that's hinging on it and daniels is like daniels is like yeah that is what's what it's hinging on it feels like daniel should be putting his thumb on the scale here yeah. in some form you, you and the fact that he's not but they keep invoking him in yeah. like part of having to explain shit makes it really frustrating yeah he 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 has the sort of actions and motivations of a character who himself cannot time travel but can bring archer to him in the future and then he tells him you have to go back and you have to do this like mm-hmm. the, the, but we know that daniel's obviously can time travel to wherever he needs to go so it is unclear why why he can't do anything in this situation I hope they do it. I hope that's what happens in like the last episode of the season. Is Daniel's, like, Daniel's the rep's running late. The reptilian guy has his finger on the button to launch the weapon, and all of a sudden he's whisked away to the whatever future. And Daniel's is like, "Hey, this is the uh, the future that you're about to destroy if you do this." I think um, that because that would be a great Deus Ex Machina for this ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think that um, the more I think about it, the the time travel <laughs> aspect is extremely. Uh, devastating to what the story is trying yeah. to do because the the time travel just removes any well the time travel kind of serves two purposes it it removes any um, actual conflict that the characters would have but it mm-hmm. also is a kind of get out of jail free card for the writers because they don't have to actually come up with anything in order to do it. Like there's no, there's no, there's nothing you can really prove. So there's nothing you have to work at to kind of explain. But I think, I think it's most Mm -hmm. devastating impact was that because time travel was involved from the start, you never actually had to get to a problem with the Zindi or the sphere builders or anything like that. There was never a reason why, because if they had a problem proving time travel would still not fix their conflict because they'd be like, well, that's great that time travel exists, but we still right, have a yeah. religious like yeah. difficulty with you and we're going to attack you because this is the way that we've been um, led or something like that. So it just, for me, the story is kind of crumbling because there has never been a reason for any of this to really happen outside of this Guardian Sphere Builder influence on the Zindi. And the Zindi kind of come out of it looking like idiots because, well, I understand mm-hmm. that the Guardians helped them and everything going forward. We haven't been, there hasn't been, the Zindi and the Zindi Council hasn't been shown over the course of a season to be a desperate organization that's desperate for any kind of help to like to, that, that they view reconciliation of the Zindi as to be so important that they're willing yeah. to kind of fly by the seat of their pants and listen to this guy over uh, actually trying to figure out what's going on. 
Yeah. And I, th- I think they kind of need that. I think that they need a, they almost need to be there's a the, tragic villain. It's the urgency villain. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the urgency thing where there's no, there's nothing pushing the Zindi. Like, it's not like they're all, it's not like they're the inverse of Battlestar Galactica where the entire Zindi people are stuck on a spaceship that's that's going to run out of air and if they don't blow up the Earth or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> like, there's this, which, it yeah, it makes it, it makes it, it's really hard to have a moral conundrum when, I mean, they managed to do it a bit with uh, with Degra and Trip, but it's really difficult to have a moral fight when one side of the moral fight is, you just killed 7 or 12 million people from my planet, we would like you to stop, and the other side of that is, well... In 400 years, it might happen to us. Right. It's like that's uh, that's not really a compelling argument to have, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and, a, but you know. Yeah. These other and it's these these other guys. It's whole. It's it's even flimsier than knowing it. They don't know anything because they've never yeah, time traveled. Right. So exactly. They're just going yeah. off secondhand information about what it is and. I think that the reason that I would want them to be desperate is that I think you have to build these guys to be so sort of pathetic and desperate for help that they just buy what the sphere builders are selling them. And because I'm looking at them, they seem relatively put together. They have a whole bunch of ships. People know them. They know what yeah. they're doing. They seem they seem like they're okay. Yeah. So the fact that, and they're extremely scientific, at least some of them are. They built this weapon. They built this whole thing. They're they're debating the merits of doing this. They're kind of a moral people. Not one Zindi has questioned the got the guardians. Like they don't they right, Degra right. kinda does and be like, I don't have I don't know you anything, assholes. But it just strikes me as really weird that a group that's so bland and Star Trek y has never questioned what they're being told by these hazy holographic people who just show up and seem to have ulterior motives about everything. It really undermines the Zindi, I think. It makes them pretty pathetic. Yeah, it's all it almost would be more interesting. Um and maybe it's maybe it's too early in the uh the history of the the war in the Middle East to do this, but uh to to throw it on its head a little bit and have something have happened to the Zindi, like so somebody already attacked the Zindi, and so now the Zindi are basically like a uh, uh, Iraq has weapons of mass destruction kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, we've got this, something happened to us, we've been attacked, and we're trying to figure out where to go to, to reconcile this, and we have information that it was, I mean, I guess, that, is that kind of what they're doing? It's kind of what they're doing, but it's not really clear well, are they, what they're doing. Are they going to reveal that the Sphere Builders destroyed the Zindi homeworld? Have, have they explained why the Zindi homeworld blew up? I didn't even realize it had until about <laughs> five minutes ago. So it's not, a, it's not a plot point that they've been really leaning into in any real way. No. I mean, but is is that kind of what you mean? Like, if they revealed that the the sphere builders destroyed yeah, the homeworld yeah. to spark this kind of, and then we're like, oh, you know, the the humans are probably responsible. You should you should kind of blow up the humans yes. and stuff. Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't I don't know if they've explained. I'll, I'll have to look it up while we're while you're talking or something at some point. I, I don't I don't know if they've explained why the homeworld has blown up, but even if that is the case, I think it's pretty weak. Something that, killed the something killed the birds though. 
The, bir- the, bir- the birds, <laughs> Indy. Something <laughs> killed the birds, Indy. <laughs> they, um, we keep their heads to remember them. They by. Do, yeah, they're, they're alien heads. Well, they, they also hide out in the home base of the birds, Indy, because that's a, another good way to pay homage to them. Um, yes. <laughs> I just, even if that is the case of what's happened, there has like never when, been a... Like when Sam Cooke died, when Sam Cooke died, Bobby Womack mm-hmm. married his wife and started wearing his clothes out of tribute nice. to Sam Cooke. That's what I. That's what I would. That's what I would want. Um, <laughs> even if they, even if they were to do this, and I'm just not hazy and missing out on the details, uh, there still hasn't been a scene between the Sphere Builders and the Zindi where this has been a reminder to the audience that this is what the motivation has been that's going on here. So even if they mm-hmm. do pull this together in the next episode uh, or the next two, I don't think it's going to be actually very earned or interesting um or like uh it won't be a great change on the way that i view the story or anything yeah but all of that aside um like like i said i i I try i was really trying hard to ignore some of the stuff that's just like baked into the 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 problem like the time travel stuff and whatnot sure and judge it on its judge it on its own and i think on its own it actually is is a pretty good episode um, I think plot wise, I feel good. Like, I, I think that yeah. I think that this script does everything it needs to do to get where it needs to go, and it doesn't feel forced or overly written to get to that point. Like I feel that this is a mm-hmm. a fine, cohesive way to get to places, but even even when you get to even by the process of doing that, I'm left with these weird scenes where. Degra is the most well-known Zindi that we know, right? Like Degra is the Zindi that we actually know anything about. Mm-hmm. And what's shocking is that the one thing that we know about him is that he's a father who likes children. And every time they can bring that up, <laughs> it's the only thing that gets brought up. He's like, you know that reptilian killed his own son as a father. Yeah. This upsets me. <laughs> and I was I was struck by the fact that... Well, you that, should know, Wes. You should but, know. As soon as you have kids, that's all you can talk about is kids and your kids was, and what your kids are doing and what they're watching and how good Kung Fu Panda actually is. <laughs> My kids are watching Bluey constantly. It's a great show, Archer. Um, <laughs> what's strange about this and the fact You know that, what was actually really good was the <laughs> troll movie. <laughs> what's strange is that... Degra never has a scene with his family. He might not have a family. I don't know. He might just be an insane person who says things like this. But how do, in a season that was more well thought out, I almost feel like the opening scene of this season is a family scene with Degra and his wife and children. You know, like a kind of going off to work opening sequence or something where you, you meet him and sort of understand what he is. But it's just the flimsiness of the writing of these guys where the best known Zindi we have, we know one thing about him, maybe. Maybe two is that he feels bad about what he did. But the main thing is that he's a family man. And you never mm-hmm. you never see that in action. He just he just talks about it occasionally and you're supposed to accept it that that's the case. I think it's just really exemplary of all the problems that they made. So even if they have a script that leads you down the line correctly you're still struck by weird lines like that where he says things like that. Yeah. You're like, what? What's, where does this come from? What, what is this happening? Yeah. He's like, just walks into the room and somebody said, asked him a question and he goes, well, I'm a family man and 
you know, that's the th- that's the way he answers every question. Oh, so open his wallet, the pictures just fall out. That. Oh, geez, this, yeah. is, this is me and my son at uh, <laughs> Zindy Disney World. That was a good time. <clears throat> yes, yes. Zindy Disney World, you got to go in November. <laughs> if you go in the middle of the summer, it's just too hot. <laughs> the famous um, attraction blowing up Earth. It's got to see it. Yeah. Fantastic. But yeah, like it's it's uh it's it's a it's a pretty good episode. I think I think they do a good job towards the end of kind of ratcheting things up. I think killing Degra works. Um, they do a little they they try to get a lot out of the council sequences by making sure everybody's yelling at each other yeah. at all times. Everybody from every point of view, they're yelling at each other because there's things at stake. I hated and like the council that, scenes. I, I didn't like the Yeah, the it's scenes. it's a little bit too much. It's a little bit too much. That, I did like Hoshi translator on the fly, though. That was fun. Well, so the, the thing about the council scene is the, the I want to get to Hoshi. The thing about the council scene is kind of what I was getting at in the opening about like what someone thinks about Star Trek writing would be. Like it's sure, just a lot sure. of like declarative statements from aliens that are talking mm-hmm. over each other. I didn't like the council scenes. Hoshi... Hoshi is strange to me. Hoshi has been inserted into this. I was trying to make figure out the math of how this was working. Hoshi is clearly only down there because of the kidnapping at the end. They have to kind of bring Hoshi into this for some reason to make sense right. that when they yeah. kidnap her at the end, why they would do that or like why they know, even know that she exists. Because yeah, I'm still not even sure. Do you do you know why they kidnap her? It didn't seem obvious. I don't. Like I don't know why. Grabbed her. Um, the only we need her to order us food at Wendy's. We don't know how the language works. Well, they're, they're missing a code, right? They're, they're missing. Right. They're missing a launch. Are they going to use the avian code and they need her to crack it or something? The dead race. Oh, they maybe. Have a code? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that might be what. But they, why would the dead race? Why would the dead race have a code to the bomb? That's true. Maybe it's just of some sort of historical it's not a bad thing. Idea. They, all, they all have a code or yeah. something like that. I don't. I don't know. Um, because who do they yeah, have? They have the idea, bug. Though. They have the bugs, the reptilians, and they need the repti- someone else. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I but, assumed for some reason. I assumed they they got it from Degra somehow. I don't know, but yeah, yeah I, don't know. I guess, we'll it, I guess it depends you, on who's carrying the code. Is it something all of those species people know and they can just like spit it out if they need to say something, but yeah, Hoshi's the, the, I don't think it matters, but this is a real, like the logic of Hoshi being there didn't really make a lot of sense to me, except for understanding why she was kidnapped at the end or that she was there to be kidnapped because they understand English, right? Like Archer yeah, has talked they have thrown, to Degra. Yeah, they have thrown the idea of any sort of translation system out the window long ago. Yeah, and I, I understand this is a Star Trek trope, but I right. think that, that yeah. my yeah. the the reason I was questioning is was, was because why does why does she need to translate some of these guys and not all of them at the same time? And if she can mm. understand it, yeah. why has she not? updated the translator thing which is her job i think is that she's supposed to be the one who who updates the firmware on their on their translators um it was just it's just a stupid thing but i understood it much more when she was kidnapped it's like oh she needed to be present for this entire thing so that they know who she is yeah yeah i i honestly didn't really it didn't bother me that much to bring her down um in that first scene i thought what they did with her was fun um it was a little bit more interesting than just 
click clack click clack click clack and then somebody else in the council relaying it you know? yeah yeah um but yeah i you're probably right it they probably need her to steal the the, the third code or something like that yeah uh, I, if, if if it's not the birds i don't know where it would come from i guess you would just steal some of someone else's code or something but degra degra has a tattoo on his lower back that we can't figure out what it means <laughs> He says that it says family, but I don't think that's what it says because it's just a computer font that is a single letter to letter to 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 shape. It's a hell of a wingding substitution. <laughs> yeah, it's just I, it's Zindy wingding. I think it's I think it's some sort of Zaff dingbat font. I'm not really sure. Big new one of those title. fonts that every computer has, but literally no one has ever used. <laughs> Did um, did you like the Degra, the final Degra scene? I think you said you um, did. You thought it was good. I I liked I liked the the the, the I liked that they killed him. Yeah, like I think that it something like that needed to happen. And as soon as soon as they showed him in his room in the dark, I was like, oh, he's fucking dead. <laughs> um, <clears throat> do you think uh, that they? And I I liked. I I thought that the realization. I thought that the actor played that knowing that something was up but i don't think the script did him oh, any services to be like Degra's aware of what's happening but he can't leave for some reason like that's the that's kind of my i always come back to this but th- to me that's a real weakness of enterprise that's consistently been there there's never been a second layer to a scene where in this scene the two characters are talking to each other as if they're trying to just kind of get through this and be like, okay, reptilian, like, nice to see you. But Degra knows something is up, and the reptilian knows that he's there to kill Degra. But there's this subtext to the scene that even just to, like, they're not even talking about anything. The reptilian's like, oh, nice TV you got over here. And he's like, yeah, I'm (laughs) looking at some schematics or something. It's not even a... The reptilian isn't trying to... Is that 4K... (laughs) I hear 4K is very popular now. I wanted to buy one of the Chinese models, but everyone says spyware is on them, and I didn't know if it was worth the risk. <laughs> I, I just I've got, like, Degra, I'll tell you, Degra, I've got <laughs> five different machines that connect to the internet now, and it's too many. I don't need to watch Netflix on every device. <laughs> if the TV has it, why do I need this Roku? Answer me that, Degra. Um, there's no... That scene does not have the reptilian, at least the way I'm remembering it, probing Degra to like to try to get something from him, to right, get him to admit yeah, this. Yeah. He just he has a nice conversation and then is like, Why did you blow up our ship? And then stabs him. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, that's that's all it is. But a better written show would have layers to that conversation, I think. Like yeah, there's it no, would at least there's explore no real tension. something. No, no. Yeah, there's no there's no real tension to that. Like I said, as soon as as soon as you see the light the lighting, it's like, yeah, Degra's gonna get stabbed. Yeah. And like there's yeah. no <clears throat> yeah, there's no um yeah, the rep, the reptilian doesn't get anything out of it and the only thing that we get out of it is that I mean, Degra is being told stuff that we already know, which is that the reptilians are working with the the guardians or whoever. Uh I'm still not totally sure why they agreed to in the council thing where the reptile reptilians were were down to explore it further. I think I they know, just want to take over the council. Uh, yeah, I think that <clears throat> yeah. is that what you mean? Why do they agree to 
go with the sphere builders at the end is that what you're asking about no 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 um when they have when they come back after uh uh after archer brings the body out <coughs> they kind of deliberate and then they come back in and the reptilian everyone i think the Arboreans and the other guys are like, we would like to explore this further. And then the reptilians are like, we also agree. We would like, and it's like, oh, the reptilians are agreeing to look into right. this more. We didn't yeah. think they were going to do that. You know, that kind of thing. I think they're and just I'm not stalling. really sure why they did that. I, yeah, th- they're I think stalling. they're stalling for time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so in that scene where Degger gets killed, we're not learning anything new about what the reptilians are doing. Um, all you're getting out of that scene is them <clears throat> uh, telling Degra they know that he blew up the ship. Yeah, which a is reason like to kill okay, him. sure. Like this, yeah, this matters to them, but this doesn't. I mean, this is all stuff we already know, and it doesn't yeah. really change much. You know, it, like yeah. it, the the nothing is shifting in that moment. <clears throat> and the only thing that we get out of it is really that's new information is that he plans on. Killing his family, man's family, which family. is which is huge because we, as we know, he's a family man. <laughs> I was, I was disappointed by the the death reaction. I expected when he said that to him, there would be some sort of final lunge from Degra, who gets stabbed again. You know, something like that. To, mm-hmm. he, I was, it was fairly insulting towards Degra, and I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't appreciate it. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, I don't know. know. I didn't mind it too much because it's like. You know, remember in Braveheart when uh, uh, Edward the Longshanks is on his deathbed, and then and then the princess comes in and like as he's choking to death, she's like, "I'm pregnant with William Wallace's child, you son mm-hmm. of a bitch!" And all he mm-hmm. can do is just like sit there and choke. It was kind of, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, where it's like he can't do anything, but he's he's getting yeah. this infuriating information right as he's being killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is it is that, um, and then it just wraps up with the uh, this the weapon shooting off into space and everyone chasing it and to be continued i suppose with our next episode we have two left how did you what did you think about the the space fight or whatever it was at the end we didn't even talk about the side plot which do we really need to i don't know if we do but i um i i'm a little bit embarrassed why are they on the sphere no idea okay They're getting some some sort of <laughs> I think they're getting like a database or something. But they, they don't know specifically sort of, what they're looking for, right? They're not looking for something that they talked about. They just generally went on to it to find information, something like that. I think. I, I'm not, t- I honestly don't. I was a totally little embarrassed. Either. I was like, I've been watching this plot line for about 15 minutes, and I don't know if any of the characters have mentioned what they're looking for when when they get there yeah. and what they're going to do with it. Yeah. 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 I, it yeah, was. They, they, they have that first scene where they're talking about going to get it but I can't for the life of me remember what it is they were talking about going to get. Yeah. Well, I just remember mostly the Reed recruits the Mako. He's like, do you wear that personal armor? He's like, I do. He's like, put it on. We're going. Yeah. Which ship. again, Reed's, I, he was, there's a scene was kind of steamy. It felt a little steamy from Reed's end <laughs> where he's talking to that Mako about his training. And yeah, I think, I think Reed, I, what's the actor's name? Who plays Reed? Oh, Dominic Cading. Keating or Cading? I, I think, think Dominic, Dominic I think Dominic Cading is trying to go for like a Clint Eastwood kind of thing, mm. but it just comes off as he's like wants to <laughs> touch this guy's butt. <laughs> and does. I mean, he's like I said, like we said before, time. I wish I wish they'd lean into it because 
someone on that ship needs to be gay, and it probably should be Reed. Yeah, it should be, it should be, should be Reed. And just the, you know, he breaks down at the end. He's like, how many more I have to die? <laughs> yeah. Not that guy, too, who got squeezed but by a scene- robot arm and incinerated and turned into a cloud of dust. <laughs> The scene when he recruits him, it just like it was like Peter Graves in Airplane, and he's like, "Hey, Mako, do you like gladiator movies?" <laughs> like it had that kind of energy do, to sir. it. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. There's not a lot to say do you about like hanging around in the locker room. <laughs> Have you ever seen a grown security chief naked? There's not. I don't think there's a lot to say about that subplot, except for the fact that Paul seems to have mostly recovered and. I like the set design of them being in that place. Yeah. Uh, it looked kind of cool. The best, the best part of the whole thing is when the the Mako gets evaporated or, or turned into dust or whatever, and they cut to T'Pol, and she gives the best, like, holy shit face. <laughs> <laughs> like, she just, like, head turn, eyes wide, and then she just, like, starts running. <laughs> it's uh yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean to pick on the episode, but I don't know if generally Star Trek would do this, but the and it's a, it's a lot of TV shows and a lot of TV shows in particular have this problem where um, Mayweather's like staring at the the alien tracker device and he's like, it's closing on you. It's coming down that thing. Yeah. And they're going like, where is it? Where why didn't is he it? Sh- if he could just shoot it, why didn't With he the- shoot it before it got to them? <laughs> he's, he saves the day, but it's. You know, they're trying to do tension of he's like, it's 50 meters away. It's 25. It's 10. It's right on you. God damn it. Look around. And when they, they're like, where is it? Where is it? And when they finally see it, it's just this like slow arm that's going slowly down towards yeah, them. It's, it's like, oh man. One of those arcade, is... one of those arcade arm things. Yeah. The, the, the claw aliens like the from Toy, Toy Story game, that uh, yeah. the aliens worship. Just yeah. kind of, kind of a pointless sequence. Uh, they didn't even get they didn't get picked up at the end of the episode, right? The Enterprise says they'll come back. No, for them. they literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Enterprise is like, you guys hang out here. We'll come back for you later, as they jump into whatever that vortex thing is. Yeah, but, um, uh, the, the weapon. Yeah, that was away. that was the thing too. Like I, I feel like I wish there had been a little bit more of like a forceful split there, where it's like, okay, now now the Enterprise is gone and these guys are stuck here. What are they going to do? It, but instead it was just like, okay, I guess we'll hang out till you come back. Thanks. Yeah. And I assume the Enterprise we is have, just going to turn around because the thing went through the vortex and they'll be on the ship at the start of the next episode. Yeah, like if they spent all that time going to get this um, undefined tube, I guess, yeah. from the yeah. from the sphere place, which they need for something, and then enterprise has to go after the sphere so now they're split up and they have the tube but enterprise needs the tube and so what are you going to do with the tube now like you know it, get, get, give it a little bit more i mean maybe they'll get into that in the next episode but they don't like lay the ground for that at all yeah um and to spend all that time going to get something and then either like i i always think i always feel like in with plots like this if you're gonna go out of your way to get something because it's like a secret to uh, it's crucial to your plan it either has to not work or something has to get in your way of it working the first time um and i, I guess that's what they've done but again they haven't really le- laid the groundwork to make that kind of like interesting yeah well, it's just a classic MacGuffin, right they have to go get this thing right yeah but the the point of the MacGuffin is that the journey is interesting to get the stupid thing so 
the, I think that this this story just wasn't interesting. It was the action component yeah. of these episodes that they have to do, but I don't really know what it, what it was about. Um, I think that's it for this. Nothing else goes on, right? Flocks, weird scene between Trip and Flocks where Flocks is like, I've infected myself with tapeworms yeah. to lose weight. What was that scene? That's yeah. strange. It was tri- trip, 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 and flocks. Who did I say it was? Archer. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's trip. And yeah, flocks. that was that was a strange, strange scene. Again, I think I think trip is is very good in this episode. Yeah. Um, I think the scene with him and Degra, <clears throat> the two scenes with him and Degra are good. Um, I like the one where he, where everything they're kind of good now, and he's like, yeah, you know, I didn't really. I mean, last week I would have been happy that he that he was killed, but you know, blah blah blah. That stuff was good. Yeah. I guess that was after he died, but you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. I, Trip continues to be probably the most interesting character on the show right now, um, with surprisingly little to do, honestly. Yeah, um, being like the 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 second or third lead in the show, he's just kind of like hanging out in the engine room. But he's, I guess um, that's where they need him. There was uh, one last thing before we go. There's a. Uh, a section in the oral history where um, Coda was just talking about how he would have redone the season if he had the chance. And he just thought that he thought that by making Archer the angry one, it took away Tripp's motivation throughout the season. And that yeah. Tripp should have arguably been the angry one who is the one in Anomaly. He's the one threatening to throw the guy out the airlock unless he tells him what's going on and Archer sure. stops him from doing sure. it. And Kodo's idea was that he would have just eventually had the season go down this path where Trip begins to actually argue for mutiny because Archer isn't taking this seriously oh, enough interesting. and that yeah. there becomes a split amongst the crew about what's uh, the best way to go forward. We thought that was going to be the Mako thing, but the Makos are obviously right. not going to do yeah. that. Uh, but I thought yeah. that was interesting. Well, I mean, there was that one episode. So you're talking about he would argue for mutiny with no alien egg right. juice involved yeah. there would there would be no okay. or right, ye, right. Exa- archer would not be infected by the egg juice so archer would have just his right, normal right. motivations and trip would be upset about them i think that's yeah, true that because be Ar- trip is trip loses a lot of his story impact by having archer be the one who's constantly portrayed as angry all the time about things where yeah, Trip yeah. is really the one with the personal stakes that would make the forgotten episode even better if he got to that point. And to have these scenes with Degra at the end mean something a little bit more. I think they're good, but I think that they could have been better if Trip had actually been developed over the course of the season. Yeah, because I think I think you can, I think you can have Archer have a change to him if he is now if he is he can still be the one making these intense like ethically gray decisions. But I think that it's almost it's almost more interesting if he's just that much more cold and calculated about what he's doing, and it's not yeah. it's not born of anger. So so you even get that get to that point where he does something, and then Trip, who's the angry one, goes, "Holy shit!" You know, <laughs> uh, like I, I I I wasn't ready for that, and I I right. want to blow this whole planet up. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could even do something where they can start out equally angry, but Archer comes to his senses faster than Trip does. You know, so sure, there's a sure. Archer kind of course corrects, but Trip maintains his angry energy, and that leads to this mutinous split down the line between the two of them. Um, yeah, I just it there's just there's character work that could have been done on the show. I guess let's take a break. We'll play a, another clip from the episode called "The Council," then we'll come back, read some patron thoughts, and give our final thoughts about the Council. You admit killing him. 
with pride. He was a traitor. He was a member of this council. Degra destroyed a reptilian ship. 22 crewmen died. I only regret not doing it sooner. You're going to regret a lot more than that. Why did you call this meeting? You have a decision to make. We've taken control of the weapon. We're going to launch it. And you accuse Degra of being a traitor? Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash the Penske file is the best way to do it. A couple dollars a month gets you extra stuff, extra podcasts. You get polls to vote on what we talk about. There is uh, the Discord access for the captains. They can leave their thoughts and stuff like that. Well, they have the Discord access and they can leave their thoughts about upcoming episodes on Patreon. All that good stuff. Supporting the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. And as always, our captain tier supporters get a special thank you. Special thanks goes to Tark Latif, Samuel Custer, Joint Mango, Kyle Barrett, Mike Burnett, Andrew Cherlog, Matt Ross, Michael Pond, Christian Pouch, Matt Cutler, Nick Sergey, Grim Santo, Sean, Cardinal Doomsday, Bradley Killens, Dwayne Hackett, Kevin Reyes, Fall 13 Hero, Jordan Cooper, Russell Elledge, Darth Moss, HH28, Stephen Minton, Derek Zajac, Paul Roscoe, Jake123, Poindexter G, Patrick Siva, Dave Davies, Johnny Franceschi, Mike Harris, Captain Brazen, Eric Sanchuan, Jakey's Gamer, Kevin Larry, Corey Martin, William Scheisler, Nick the Rat, Disbrada, Rahan Jaffer, Ed Mark Starr, Grapple John Zorn, Soylent Blue, Zane Majors, Olivia Pardue, Retail, Tom Hickey, Jose Hunter's EWNF Remixes, Captain McMunchausen, James McLennan, Beal Lokai, Jonas, Tommy Tango, Tuvix Must Die, and Chris McLaughlin. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. All right, we'll go to patron thoughts now. Patrons leave their thoughts about upcoming episodes. We read them. Matt Ross says, The council looks more like the Dominion is having a discussion which we are unclear about and which should have been focused on instead of concentrating on throwaway stories. Archer and the crew don't actually know what's in the spheres, but are going in on the hope that there's something useful inside to present to this evil federation. Among the slow-paced... Uh, uh, slow-paced odd story pieces here that don't really gel for me. I still don't get why Hoshi went to the surface other than to be a plot point in a later story. We see the launch of a giant ball that is helpless without three or later five ID, uh, ID codes and has no defenses and is vulnerable when charging, only showing that the Zindi are idiots. Two, are we there yet out of five? You know, there's a point in this episode that kind of um, really shows its hand as as being manipulating what's happening for the sake of trying to squeeze drama out of it. And that's when the uh, shuttlecraft is flying to the sphere. And T'Pol is like, fly towards that wall. And they're like, we don't know. It looks like a wall. And she's like, trust me. I don't know. It looks like a wall. Trust me. And then they go, oh, my God, we're getting too close. And then they go through. It's just a hologram. Yeah. She doesn't and say trust goes, me. She says, hold course. Hold your course. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever she says. And then Reed's like, you could have told us it right. was a hologram. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. That, Why didn't the- she tell it was the hologram? Because the story, because then there's no tension about flying into a wall. Yeah. That, that's why her, that's why it's not even trust me, like, just like I know what I'm doing, just believe in me. It's a follow the yeah. order that I've told you, which is even harsher and un- yeah, unnecessary. And it's, and it's not like in that scene there's other complicated stuff going on, so she doesn't have the time to explain right. or something like that. You know, it's not like they're running from someone. Yep. It's just like she tells him to fly towards that wall and literally withholds the information only for the sake of the television show, having nothing to do with the actual situation they're in. 
Royo says, The Council, I found this episode quite dull and forgettable. Despite all the new locations and admittedly impressive close-ups on the makeup of Commander Dolem, the episode spends way too much time reiterating information we already know. We already know the reptilians and the insectoids would not cooperate because they're caricatures. We already know in detail about the evidence that Archer has, and we already know the sphere builders are manipulating the Zindi. This almost feels like a clip show episode, only they forgot to put in clips, and Jonathan, I'm at the principal's office, Archer, doesn't even have a franchise of uh, a fraction of the charisma of Patrick Stewart, so his courtroom speeches strike with all the force of a bent butter knife. If this is supposed to be a climax of events and it failed, as the only new thing that happens is Degra's assassination, which I saw coming from a mile away, and the weapon being seized off screen. Two out of five. I did find the, the principal story to be a little bit underwhelming, because, like, I immediately think back to um how did you how did you pass the Kobayashi Maru test? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Well, you know, I I I had interesting and then like they keep they never tell you and then finally he's like I just rewrote the test. Like I, yeah. thematically it lines up cuz he like rigs the he rigs what happens with Khan yep. cuz he doesn't believe in no in situations and then he's like I rigged the test cuz I don't believe in no in situations. Right. And this one it was just yeah, that girl thought I was cute after I gave her a note or so, after I went to the principal's office. Like, there's nothing thematic. Like, at, yeah. after he said that, I was like, is he going to try to seduce the council? <laughs> just takes off his shirt in the council scene, and, the, and all of a sudden you're just like, ooh, la la. One, like, one he's going to go in there and go, you know, I blew up a Zindi ship the other day, and they're going to be like, oh my God, he's a bad boy. <laughs> Let's listen to what he has to say about the future. <laughs> one one strange thing that that line did make me realize: no, <clears throat> as far as we can tell, the uh, the only female is the aquatic Zindi. There were no Zindi played by female actresses or actresses in general. Oh yeah, yeah, good point. Which is strange, yeah. which is unusual. They they I guess the bug guys are supposed to be some female, and the they say that the leader of the aquatics is a female, but. It was a strange choice. Oh, we also learned information we didn't have before that the Zin- the reptilians have like a home sauna that they can set up yeah. when they need to just like lay Heat on a lamps. rock for a while. What'd you, know? you think of the Zindi, uh, the reptilian ship? Uh, didn't stick in your mind at all. Don't, no, no, I thought no, it was like a... sh- well, the yeah, no. one, the one. I think it's Degra's ship that has like the long. Is it the what's the one with the long piece in the back? Is that the reptilian ship or is that Degra's ship? It's like the rep, the reptilian one is kind of metallic and um, well, Degra's ship is the long computer uh, Apple Store ship, and the reptilians yeah, have like a I kind of like that design. One. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't remember the reptilian. The reptilian one struck me as um, it was like a guar concert or something like his command center looks like a keyboard <laughs> that he could rock back and forth as he's standing behind yeah. it wasn't wasn't everything i was hoping before cal barrett says the council archer embraces his any jack of weaver and strides into that council meeting with the full authority in his Adi prime he tried to blow them up and now he goes the classic star trek route and opes and chooses to open a dialogue the events of the season pushing the crew to get over anger and hatred and embrace the franchise's traditional values My favorite scenes were the lighter moments when the crew briefly thought everyone would be okay and the great weight on them was lifted, even allowing them to joke before they hear of Degra's death and the tension returns. 
excuse me, a clear and welcome element of Kodo's scripts is that even in a plot-heavy episode, he finds time to insert fun little character details and interactions. I do wish we had seen a flashback of the Sphere Builders aiding the Zindi in the past, or at least had it seeded throughout the season, because them suddenly being seen almost like as gods by the Zindi comes out of nowhere, and we need to understand why the reptilians chose to stand by them when they were so obviously evil. Four out of five. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick the Rat says, Mayweather obviously hated Hawkins and the final space battle was a lot of fun. Four out of five. Cardinal Doomsday says, The Sphere Builders chant like the witches from Macbeth. Archer tries to convince the Zindi Council into believing his story and causes it to inevitably splinter. Tegra learns that no Zindi good deed goes unpunished. Hoshi must be Michael Burnham in disguise to be able to speak so many languages. And we know the reptilians are treacherous. Good battle scenes, shitty story. Four dead Corporal Hawkins out of five. Latte Librarian says, The death scene was a little over the top and everything was predictable. I wanted to know more about the avian Zindi since that was more interesting than anything else. Three lying aliens out of five. Point Extra G says, To Paul, Travis, and Malcolm and some guy go out on a mission. I've seen enough Star Trek to know where this is going. I've also seen enough television to know what's coming for Degro once he and Trip have their moment. This is very much just a piece of the story. We'll see where it goes. Christian Pouch says, Hoshi! The amount of exposition and new information we get about the Zindi is staggering, and the details are still unclear, like how long the Guardians have been helping the Zindi. Decades? Centuries? All of this should have been meted out slowly over the season. The two halves of the episode don't feel strongly connected. I would enjoy the council scenes much more if the members had an ethos which guided their points of view, but it's just shouting at each other. I do enjoy the escalating tension and frantic struggle at the end of the episode. Three out of five, at best. And that's it. Thank you, patrons, for your thoughts about the council. Not a runaway favorite of the uh, the patrons. Clay, what are you going to give this one on our scale of one to five? Uh, I'm going to go with three, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it uh, it does, yeah, like you are saying, it does what it has to do and it doesn't whiff it, but it doesn't, you know, blow me away or anything. So Yeah. It doesn't make any serious errors, <clears throat> I don't think. Um, most of the problems yeah. we talked about are kind of season-long things or like, the yeah, reason yeah. why this doesn't work is because nothing has really been planted to this point going forward, uh, like in, in previous episodes. I'm also going to give it a three. I thought it was fine. Um, I don't know if you were you were concerned that we were sounding kind of negative or something. Um, as trying to like we tried to sort of direct it towards the things that the episode did well in the middle of it. Um, I I don't think these episodes are bad. But once we get into this like serialized thing where all of this is building and it's been literally 20 something episodes of this to get to this point, Mm -hmm. when you get to this point, it's hard not to feel underwhelmed and be like, wow, it took a lot of episodes to get here. And this is not even really all that interesting at this point. (laughs) Like, yeah, I think that's the big letdown of this so far is that they had a whole they had a. They had an idea from the start that they were supposed to go on something, but so much of the early goings was just spinning the wheels to the point where you get here. They have to tell you everything about the Zindi for no good reason. Like they, they, it all should have been spaced out. It all should have been built up to this point. The only way I think Mm -hmm. that this season works is if you get to know the Zindi outside of the Enterprise crew and they have a they a problem amongst themselves and things like that. But uh, the season wasn't interested in that stuff. Yeah, it's weird because it feels like, <laughs> I feel like you have two ways you can go at this point. 
which is either the way they they ended up going, which is all right, let's try and make as much sense out of this as possible and explain as much as we can, or just go the complete other way where it's like, okay, what's the most interesting way we can just blow this up and have it feel like shocking, but it works, but we can just get away from the stuff that we don't really know what to do. Like it's if uh, they the reptilians had one of those. Uh, grenades that they used at the beginning of nemesis where they just dissolve right. the entire romulan <laughs> senate or something like that yeah you yeah. know something to just kind of like shock you back awake instead of just settling in for drunk history zindi edition yeah i'd watch that show because all that all that's left is chasing down the weapon right like yeah it's, it's yeah. kind of upsetting that at this point at the very final thing the the resolution is again to chase down the weapon a little bit more um but we have two episodes of that too, which is, I know when we, when we had six episodes left, we were like, it feels like there's like three episodes too much for what's going on. I think that it feels like there's one episode too much. I don't know really how you're going to stretch this out all that, all mm-hmm. that effectively, but we'll, we'll see. There's still only two episodes left in this mm-hmm. season and then we're done with it. Um, that's it for the council. One final point here, Clay, before we go. Mm-hmm. To show how much of an exposition dump this was, we learned the names of three key Zindi in this episode. <laughs> oh, boy. We learned Dolan, who's Degra? the reptilian. Jannar is the ape guy that we've been talking to for multiple episodes, but he's never had a name revealed to that entire time. Mm-hmm. And then whoever, we learned the name of the, uh, the aquatic leader, Kaifet Emensor. So sure, there you go. Yeah, I think na- I think names are generally overrated anyway. But mm-hmm. Sure, someone who it's just because they just uh, I I don't the uh, the um <clears throat> Albert Brooks has a really good thing that he says about the use of names and scripts, which is like whenever you, you always read scripts and and people are constantly saying each other's names, but nobody talks like that. Like we've yeah. talked, we've talked for over an, about an hour and i think you said my name once and i have not said your name once mm-hmm. and in, in, a, in a script situation we would have each have said each other's names four or five times at the beginning at the end of sentences yeah well you know i was thinking the, so the name of the ape guy is janar right he's the guy who is mm-hmm. degra's best friend and he's he's he tells him archer early on that janar is a good guy he'll be on your side he's your vote i think that what not giving that character a name does is that giving a character a name, at least from like a script writing point of view, kind of feels like you give that character a point of view for things. Sure. So if sure. you don't name the character, you go, this guy's not important enough to name. He's, he's just going to agree with Degra. Every scene with this guy is just going to be mm-hmm. him going like, yeah, Degra, that's a good idea. Or like, oh, we should get some more evidence. He's not... He doesn't actually have an uh, original thought as a character in any sure, scene that he has. Sure. So you don't need to name him, really. Mm-hmm. I think it just, to me, it's more interesting that you revealed those are three fairly key Zindi that we've, like, interacted with, at least the, the reptilian and mm. the ape guy. To not have them have anyone say their names, I think shows mostly that you've spent no time with the Zindi whatsoever. And yeah. They yeah. should have had personalities that they don't have. I didn't even realize, <clears throat> or I didn't even, 
I wasn't I wasn't aware whether that is it Dolan is the reptile reptilian. Yeah, I think it's Dolim. Yeah, he's the reptilian. Dolan. Yeah. Uh I was not sure if that was a character we had seen before because of the way that they inter- the way they introduced him in this episode being like getting his saunas treatment there. And and him having a name. Yeah. It seemed like he was like <laughs> the a the, new one the, new guy. Yeah, the the reptilian high council magistrate or some some sure. shit that we had like the big the big reptilian. We I don't know if that's the case because they all kind of it's hard to distinguish. It is hard. To just, I think he's been there for a couple. I think he's the one who tortured Archer. I think it's the same guy. I think I think that's mm. him. I think that might have been his first appearance. But as you say, it's kind of irrelevant if you don't know their names and they all look the same. Uh, that's it. Thank you very much, patrons. Patreon.com slash the Pensky if you want to support the show. We both gave this one a three. The Council, two more episodes of Enterprise left in the third season. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we go? Uh, thanks for checking out all of our other shows. We got Rotten Horror Picture Show. We should have, uh, I don't know when this comes out, but Quiet Place Part 2 should be out at least. Yeah. Um, and we'll have Friday the 13th Part 7 on our Patreon coverage of the Friday the 13th movies. We went for two hours talking about Friday the 13th Part 7. There's a lot to talk about in that movie. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's a good conversation because it's a, it's, it's a movie that just like, it's not a, it's not a quote unquote good movie, but it's such like a breath of fresh air for me at least in the series because like so much crazy <laughs> shit happens. Yeah. And those movies tend to be kind of like repetitive and can be boring. What's, so, the su- uh, what's the subtitle it, for this one? Jason Lives? Is uh, that- the New Blood. New Blood. Okay. New Blood. Yes. Was Jason Lives six? Um, yes. Right? Jason Lives was six. six. Yes. This yep. is New Blood. Okay. Two yeah. hours of. Um, and yeah, we've. Sorry, yeah, two, just, hours, two hours is in a. Uh, I, I I'm I'm surprised by that. Just judging by the the last, the last one, it definitely does feel like the the series has come to a, uh, a certain level of inertia that it's just it's either going to carry it or it's yeah. not going to carry things. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very much moved into like a gimmick era where it's like they kind of did the the main core idea for three or four movies and then five through 10 are basically all just kind of like gimmicks. Yeah. Um, the last one was what if it was a comedy? The one before that was what if it wasn't Jason? Yeah. And part seven is what if Jason fought Carrie from the movie Carrie? So oh, nice. a good time. Cool. Check that out. All the shows are at the Penske You can also find them on the podcast apps. You can find them on YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Join the Discord if you want to join the conversation. Support the show, Patreon, all that stuff. We're done. Two threes for the council. The next one is Countdown, I believe. Let's see. I'll click it to make sure that I know what I'm saying. Do, do, do. Countdown is the next episode. And then we're at the finale after that. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. <laughs>